Are you ready for the truth? You can't handle the truth. All you'll get is the truth here on We the People with Rodney Nesmith as we go over news and politics all from a Christian perspective. Now here's your host, Rodney Nesmith. Good evening, everybody. This is Rodney for the We the People podcast, and we've got a great guest for you tonight. His name is Scott McKay. He is the author of a book called Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all about Obama. And there it is right there. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, thanks for being here on We the People. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. All right, let's dive into this book. I want to hear about this because I believe the title. (laughs) Yeah, most people actually do. Um, I mean, unless you're a Democrat, uh, in which case, uh, you know, you you may actually believe the title, but, you you know, your thoughts are is that it's Trump's fault rather than Obama, which is... Uh, you know, I, I, um, I don't know how plausible that is, but, uh, you know, the book is about uh, what Barack Obama has done to America um, over the last, you know, 16 years. And it's it's an interesting topic, I think, because regardless of people's political affiliations, um, everyone understands that the country is much different than it was uh, in 2007 uh, from mm-hmm. a political, economic, cultural standpoint, really, and, and you know, the, the, the changes are such that it's hard to even find a 16-year period where America changed as much as we've changed in that time period. Um, now, you can find changes, for example, from, say, 1929 and 1945, right? Like, that's a right. really big change. But those were technological and geopolitical changes to the country. Whereas we've changed since 2007 without really a major war, right? Or, you know, we had a great recession, but not a great depression. Uh, Mm -hmm. There haven't been noticeable technological changes that would, that would make us a different people. Um, And yet, you tell people what it was like in 2007, if they didn't live through it, they don't really believe you. Um, it's true. You know, like, I mean, you could just go through thing after thing, uh, particularly within the culture. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's almost a different country. And, you know, so the book sort of traces the source of this is Barack Obama and the faction of the Democrats that, you know, that he's the front man of. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, from like largely cultural aggressions, but also changes to the way our economy works um, that people really wouldn't have thought possible. And nobody, nobody voted for. Um, and then, of course, the, the changes in our politics, which, OK, maybe you'd seen inklings of them before Obama came along. But the last 16 years have been a stampede. Of sorts, yeah. and so the the book, you know, you're tempted to think, well, this is like a history book, and it really isn't, because what the book talks about, and and the changes that Obama has made, and the things that he do, did during the time he was president that have then metastasized into what we have now, um, you know, make this it's very much a playbook for what's actually going on, um, and so uh, you know, it's pretty heady stuff. Uh, some of it will make you very angry when you read it. <laughs> but I think it's important for everybody to understand. And I mean, like, if, if I'm going to leave you with anything from this conversation, I want it to be this, which is you're tempted because so much of this stuff just kind of seems like it happens. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you're tempted to believe that the America of 2007 looks completely different from the America of 2023 because, you know, that's just how society evolved, right? You mm -hmm. know, like it was organic and it wasn't. Yeah. No. This was contrived and it was executed. And it's super, super important for everybody to understand that it was man-made because because it was man-made, it can be unmade. By there you go. There you go. You know, it takes a determination to, you know, roll things back to something that's much more workable and much mm -hmm. more sustainable. So, you know, that that's kind of the, I guess, the mentality behind the book and, and a, a broad overview of what it what it covers. Right. Um, give us a couple of examples of what he put into play that has made this big change, because I know the change and I see the change and we're living through that change, um, sure. you know. Uh, kind of give us a couple tidbits well, I, of what those changes were. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you two of them that you'll probably immediately spot. Okay. Believe me, this is by no means the only two that I can come up with. <laughs> right. um, but like the most you know, prominent, obvious one that can be directly traced to Obama is race. Oh, yes. Right? Uh, so uh, every June or at least most Junes, uh, Gallup does a survey of race relations in America. So back in 2007, um, without giving you all the numbers, uh, race relations in this country were at their zenith. Okay, I mean, you you never had a more positive feel feeling among you know black people toward white people, white people toward black people than you had basically in 2007. The value proposition of Barack Obama as a presidential candidate in 2008 was that he was going to be the guy who finished off race as an issue in this country. Right. right? I mean, you know, like and it was sort of unspoken, but it was like, look, you elect a black guy president. That is the fulfillment of Martin Luther King's, you know, colorblind society. Exactly. Like, like, I mean, like at that point, we've done it. It's you know, we, we finally can get this stuff off the table because. Yep. How can a racist country elect a black president? That's just, exactly right. Nobody was really excited about John McCain. Right. So, OK, mm -hmm. give this guy a shot. You know, and I've done a zillion of these shows since the book came out. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I bring this up and the host will say, oh, you know, I might not have voted for the guy. But I'll got to tell you, I was really proud when he, you know, got inaugurated because it was it represented, you know, like the end of all this. OK, so my line is that that was the greatest bait and switch in American mm. political history, right? You yep. thought you were going to get a, um, you know, a racial healer, a guy who could fulfill Martin Luther King's uh, uh, ambition for the country mm -hmm. that we would, you know, like he would defend the whole colorblind society and, right. uh, and, you know, do this whole thing. Well, you know, immediately, you know, once he's elected, uh, his justice department throws away, the uh, prosecution of the new Black Panthers for a blatant case of election intimidation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then you had the Skip Gates incident at Harvard, right? Which was like right. a comic thing, right? Like this guy, this guy's key doesn't work in his lock for some reason. And like he and the Uber driver are trying to beat down his front door. Cop <laughs> drives by like, well, I don't know what this is. So he pulls mm -hmm. up and all of a sudden there's a confrontation. I mean, it's like something out of a comedy movie, right? Right. You know, Obama's like, well, the police acted stupidly. And the yep. whole country gets up in arms over this. And they have to walk it back with the beer summit, right? Yep. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, it's just that's an early start. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just a mistake. 
Yeah, early faux pas. Yeah. Then you had Tamir Rice in Cleveland. Then you had Trayvon. Then you had Eric Garner. And you had uh, Michael Brown in Ferguson and Alton Sterling. And, you know, even after Obama uh, left office, you know, then it leads to George Floyd in 2020. So and in every one of those cases, you, there was there was kind of two paths that Obama could have could have uh, taken um, in most of these things. You know, what he could have said is, hey, don't live your life the way Eric Garner lived his life. Don't live your life like Michael Brown. Don't be a career criminal who fights with cops. Nothing good will come of that. Exactly. Live a productive life. You know, you've got great opportunities as an American you know, keep your nose to the grindstone, do the right thing, and mm-hmm. you will be successful. Look at me. I did Look this. at me. Exactly. Right. So instead of look at, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm an example of how you can do it. What does he say? So if I have a son, he's going to look like Trayvon. Yep. What? Like, what are you doing? And of course, mm. every one of these, you know, took that, the, that, that zenith of race relations and knocked it down, knocked it down, knocked it down. By the time he left office, this country was at its, each other's throats. In yeah. fact, after the Alton Sterling incident, which was in my town of Baton Rouge, um, you know, you had you had like a black nationalist come to Baton Rouge and, sh- you know, shoot three cops to death uh, to death. And then yeah. a similar case happens in Dallas. Right. Yeah. So like that was the end of Barack Obama's sort of experiment with race uh, and, and racial pyromania, I would say, is the, mm-hmm. would be a good way to describe it. So, you know, like and, and that's never really recovered. Right. Like the the Mm -hmm. interesting piece is to the extent race relations have changed since Obama left office, it's been um, black middle class and particularly black men have grown uh, discouraged with the Democrat Party, Mm -hmm. largely because they didn't get anywhere when Obama was president. And then Trump comes along and, uh, you know, comes in with a whole different set of policies, largely like, okay, we're going to we're going to put a crimp in immigration, right? And create a little bit more of a labor shortage, which allows people's wages to go up. And all of a sudden, Black America starts doing a lot better. Right. And Trump's numbers among Blacks went, you know, from the typical numbers that you'd see for a Republican in 2016 and actually mm-hmm. got a lot better in 2020. And I mean, he's catching better than 20% against Biden in some of the polls for 2024. Right. So, and it's all Black men. Black women are uniformly Democratic at this point still. But so in other words, the Democrats are actually losing some of the black vote because none of this worked for them. Right. Um, And so, you know, which is maybe a hopeful sign, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, his his impact on America where race was concerned is utterly poisonous. Um, And so there's that there's that part of it. The second part, the second thing that I would say is economics. So, you know, reset the scene. 2008, he gets elected and it is, you know, the start of the Great Recession. You had the banking crisis and you had, you know, too big to fail and all of these kinds of things. Right. So in spring of 2009, Barack Obama has this dinner at the White House with all of these left wing historians, the Michael Besh losses and Doris Kearns Goodwins of the world. And, you know, the, 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 the conversation is, is like, you know, what a historic presidency Obama said. I mean, like, guy's been in office like five minutes and they're already right. doing it. <laughs> Which, of course, they are, right? Yes. Um, so, but what comes out at this, at, this, uh, at this dinner is he's talking, well, I favor an economic model, which, you know, the, the big incumbent players in the economy 
uh, are together with the unions and, you know, government bureaucrats and, you know, kind of decide what's best for the economy and, and roll that way, which is Italian fascism to a T, right? <laughs> this is like exactly what Mussolini did in Italy. And nobody really made paid much attention to it. What you saw instead is like Time Magazine puts uh, Barack Obama's face on FDR and they talk about mm-hmm. it's kind of like the New Deal because that's what FDR did as well. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they, as, as often as they call Republicans fascists, and there actually is a shred of truth to that, to the extent that like the Bush Republicans are kind of corporatist. Yeah. In, in t- there is a, a little bit of, of that criticism you make, but it's nothing like Obama. OK. And so you had so much regulatory capture of, you know, big companies within the economy, whether it was agriculture with some of these land use restrictions that the federal right. government brought in, um, you know, like what was done with big tech as Facebook and some of these, Google and some of these other, you know, big tech oligarchs were like buying people's apps before they could even come to market. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Obama administration never touched any of these guys on antitrust uh, basis or any of that kind of stuff. And what you, what you saw was a great deal of economic consolidation in the country over the eight years he was president. So much so that in every year Obama was president, there were fewer companies, businesses extant in America than the previous year. It went down every single year for eight years that he was president because it became so much harder to start and grow a small business in America when you had this giant corporate, you know, oligopoly that was that was controlling the economy. You know, and then that metastasizes into all of these big major corporate players go woke on top of that. And yeah. so now you I mean, like, you know, you can't get away from not only the fact that these guys are controlling the economy and because they're controlling the economy, it's like there's fewer and fewer corporate uh, upper you know, executive positions available because yeah. companies went. Then they start running people through these HR seminars where they, you know, you like, like Coca-Cola did. You have to be less white. Right. No, like, you, DEI. Like, here we go. Like, how can you pull it up? And that metastasizes into DEI. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of how things, you know, none of this stuff would have even been thought possible in like 2006, right? No. Like, I mean, that, that no. was just, that was, if I'd have told you, hey, this is what it's going to be like in, you know, 18, 17, 18 years or something, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. That'll never happen. Yeah, I would have um, probably told you you're out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and it's even worse than that. Cause like, if I'd have told you that, you, well, the economy's really going to be dominated by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. Right. And they're, you know, they're going to run their their investment decisions, which basically govern corporate America on the basis of ESG and DEI. Yep. And said, that's a dystopian nightmare. That's out of somebody's novel. I don't, like, don't even tell me that, about that. Well, that, first that of all, happen? first of all, I would have said, what's DEI well, and what's ESG? <laughs> right. You know, and like and then, you know, and then like the import of that, you'd have just been no way that can't possibly. Yeah. Happen. Like, people won't stand for it. And, right. and the thing of it is, is that this happened despite the fact that the country doesn't want it at all. Nobody voted for this. That's right. This was decided by a bunch of, you know, big wigs in, in, you know, corporate conference rooms far away from their own stockholders, right? Oh, yeah. and, and regular Americans who would never, ever, ever tolerate stuff like this. Yep. And so, you know, like that's just two examples of 
major fundamental changes in America that this guy was able to bring about without mm-hmm. even passing any legislation, right? Yeah. Like this was this was presidential actions, some executive orders, but other other things were just like him setting the culture of the country, either yeah. through the bully pulpit or you know things that were a little bit more kind of sinister, like for example. Um, the Obama Justice Department would go after, say, a bank for mm-hmm. things that happened in 2008 and all this kind of stuff. They'd go to they go after Bank America, Bank of America, and they'd say, OK, so, you know, you, we need you to pay a fine of you know 10 billion dollars. We'll let you discount that down to three and a half billion if instead of paying the federal government, you you make a donation to the Sierra Club or La Raza or, you know, the NAACP. Or something like that. And so they funded through corporate dollars, like all of these left wing pressure groups. Right. I mean, you know, how much damage do you think La Raza could do with a billion dollars? Right. I mean, like that, that's what they got. And this was Mm -hmm. a a racist organization. I mean, if somebody gave the Ku Klux Klan a billion dollars, (laughs) like you can't even imagine. Well, these guys don't have a very different philosophy in terms of, you know, very mean identitarianism. Right. right, you know, La Raza versus the Klan. They're they're very similar in orientation. One of them we find a little bit more acceptable, maybe, than the other. Now, but back in the twenties, half the Democrat Party was in the Klan. So, oh you know, yeah, what's the difference, right? So anyway, that you know, those are just some major changes. There's the book describes a whole lot more um, things that you might not have thought of, and you certainly haven't, you know, kind of connected the dots as to how things happened the way they did. You know, but but the book yeah. is all about that. And once you finish reading it, you're going to understand, like, these guys have been very hard at work destroying my country, Yeah. Um, you know, in ways that when it was happening, I never caught it. Right. And, you know, and now that, you know, like, OK, like we have to actually get really serious about rolling this stuff back Yeah. Uh, because it's unsustainable. We can't survive as a country if we right. allow this to continue to metastasize as as, as it's done. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the Biden administration is the Obama Redux administration. Oh, Obama's yeah, the real absolutely. Power behind the throne. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, there's really not even any argument about it. Yeah, this is like Obama's third term. Maybe his fourth term, if you consider the shadow government that he was running while Trump was president in terms right. of the deep state, you know, doing the Mueller investigation for two years, right. that basically yep. wrecked half of what Trump was trying to do. And then at the very end, you saw how totally weaponized the deep state was against Trump Mm -hmm. in the COVID lockdowns that his own bureaucrats, who were really Obama's bureaucrats, kind of, you know, kind of foisted on him. And then at the very end, like the coup de grace was those 51 intelligence community spooks uh, who lied and said that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. They all Mm -hmm. knew that that wasn't true. And it was organized by Jake Sullivan, who is mm-hmm. now the national security advisor, right? Yeah. Who was an Obama, you know, Sullivan had a number of jobs in the Obama administration. He was one of their, you know, chief stooges from back in the day. Right. Um, and, you know, one thing about that is, so every time there's a, a president of a particular party and he goes in, he's going to bring onto his team people who served the last time his party was in power, right? Like that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um but usually it's a mix, you know, it's like he's, he brings some of his, you know, party predecessors, people 
But then he also brings people who were with him, you know, back home in whatever state he's from, right. or guys that have been with him for a while, or, you know, some guy who was a corporate CEO whose headquarters is in that state, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like that describes the, the Biden administration, right? Mm-hmm. All of Biden's people are Obama's people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all of them. There is nobody. Well, this guy never worked in, you know, in any in any mm-hmm. way, shape True. or form in the Obama administration. Like this is the outlier. Like, There's nobody like that. No. They're all Obama's people. And the real kind of, you know, telltale sign was a year and change ago when Barack Obama shows up at the White House. Right. And they mm-hmm. treat him like a conquering hero. Yes. Right? It's, such, it's like so pronounced and so bad that, you know. Here's Biden, and he's on video, and he's kind of walking around the yes. room looking for somebody. I was just going to bring that up, and everybody's ignoring the president yeah. of the United States in the White House. <laughs> like there was no question who the boss. Of this yes, thing I was just is, right? I was just going to bring that up too. That he just got totally ignored, shoved aside. It's like, dude, you're not the one in charge, and everybody knows it. <laughs> I know it's it's you know it's it, it's a, a, a horrendous. Like that had never happened before. No. Okay. Like nobody had ever like just, I, I didn't even know if I call it disrespect is disregarded the president yes. in the white house. Like yeah. that never happened. No. Um. You know, and, and had it been a Republican doing that, oh, the mainstream oh, media oh. lost their minds. Over oh, it, it would have been, yeah. oh, it would have been awful. They treated this like it was, you know, no big deal. And I mean, we're all sitting there with our jaws on the ground. Yeah. I can't believe it. No, nope, no. Nope. Yeah, to, the to them, it was, like, Why to them it, was, it was just another Barack love fest. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's, it was ridiculous. I was, I was the same way when I saw the video of it. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? The president is getting completely ignored. Yeah. I mean, he's literally going around tapping people on their shoulder to try to get their attention. I know. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and it, it, that just tells you like who the boss is. Barack Obama yeah. is the first ex-president to choose to live in Washington, D.C. after he leaves office. Mm-hmm. That had never happened. The only the only kind of the closest thing to that was um, Woodrow Wilson, who was a stroke patient and they didn't think they could move him. Right. So like, he left the White House and he went to you know, basically hospice care until mm-hmm. he died. Um, you know, but like he didn't buy a mansion in Calorama like Obama. No, did, no. Right. And there's still to this day, there's limousines bringing people to go see Obama like on the hour every day. Ridiculous. You know, it's like, like, I wonder who's running the country. Yeah. Right? It's a real, real mystery. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know, like, so in other words, you know, like I said, this is not a history book. This stuff is very much in the present. You know, mm-hmm. it could very well be in the future if um, basically if they can convince Michelle Obama uh, to, to run for president, they'll drop Biden out of there and install her as the nominee in no time flat. Well, I've been saying for about six months that Biden isn't going to end up being the the guy that is actually, you know, the opponent. Yeah, it it looks more and more clear that they that, like he's just not going to make it mm-hmm. that, to that point. So, you know, like I, I but you know, the, the one other thing that ought to be said about that is you go back to the twenty twenty presidential election on the Democrats' primary side. Um, 
So the Obama machine wanted Kamala Harris. That was who mm. they were touting at the beginning. They raised her a bunch of money. They did the whole thing. They brought yep. in Hillary to, you know, like, the, hey, this is you know, this is our gal. Um, and she was abysmal on oh. the campaign trail and like yeah. just, you know, failure to launch that campaign. It never took off. Um, and Biden's campaign didn't have any juice either. Right. Yeah. Like early, early primaries, he was getting beat, you know, mm-hmm. and like. But magically, all of a sudden, all these people start dropping out. And, you know, maybe it was because they were worried about Bernie Sanders, you know, taking the nomination or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all these people coalesce around Biden. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Biden nominates Kamala Harris as his VP, who had openly called him a racist more than <laughs> once at these Democrat can- <laughs> uh, uh, debates. Right? Yes, I know. You didn't think it was even possible she could get it? No. Okay. So, like, you know, what's the theory that explains how something like that can happen? Well, the theory mm-hmm. is those are the two biggest puppets among the 25 people that were running. Yeah. Uh, for the so, in other words, the Obama machine put on a sham primary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they found the people that would absolutely allow Barack Obama to continue to govern. Yeah. And then they and then they ran what I would say was more or less a sham election in 2020 with all the oh, irregularities yeah. and oh, you know, yes. frankly illegal activity because mm-hmm. the constitution is very clear that state legislatures have plenary power basically to set time, place, and, and method of elections. And yep. you know, those laws were subverted by secretaries of state and state supreme courts. With yep. COVID as a as a as a pretext for that, uh-huh. and then you you had methods of running an election that everyone knows are less reliable than the standard. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you have this election, right? So, and that is a pattern that goes back all the way to 1996 when Barack Obama first ran for the state senate in Illinois, and his people uh, invalidated the ballot petitions of all of the other major candidates in that race, including the incumbent. So that he ran almost unopposed for his first political race. Uh, then he, he runs a clean, like a a regular race in 2020 when he goes for, um, for Congress, he runs against Bobby Rush and gets annihilated. Mm -hmm. But four years later, okay, he's running for the U S Senate. Uh, the, the favorite on the Democrat side is a guy named Blair Hall, who was a really interesting guy. This guy came up with a system to beat blackjack at, at the Vegas casinos, right? Mm. And like made a bunch of money, but then applied his system to the stock market and turned into a billionaire. And like, he's going to run for the U.S. Senate and they release his divorce records, find out he got in a physical altercation with his, with his ex-wife, mm. you know? And like that just destroyed this guy. He ended up finishing third and Obama won the Democrat nomination. Then he's up against Jack Ryan, who was a super, super attractive Republican yeah. um, uh, uh, candidate, had been married to the actress Jerry Ryan. They'd gotten mm-hmm. divorced. They unsealed Jack Ryan's divorce records. And that was the whole thing about how he and his wife went to sex clubs and all this kind of right, stuff. Right, right. And so he drops out of the race. And Obama gets to run against Alan Keyes, who wasn't even from Illinois, right? So, like... The, you know, the, the weird elections with the stupid things that happen, right? Like that is a, that's an Obama trademark, right? Um, you know, and isn't I mean, it weird how they all worked in his favor? 
Yeah, it always works in the guy's favor. I mean, like it always does. And you didn't yeah. really have much of that in 08 and 2012, largely because the Republicans ran such flaccid candidates, right? I mean, John, no, Republicans didn't want to vote for John McCain. Right. Republicans didn't want to vote for Mitt Romney either. Yeah. I mean, like these guys were basically born losers when it came yeah. to. Uh, it was like they they got votes with people holding their nose and, you know, marking the box. Look, I voted for Sarah Palin because at least she was something different. Right. right. I mean, McCain was also <laughs> in the ticket, but I was just like, you know what? At least she's not some, you know, blow dried. She she is the reason I voted for McCain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think most conservatives that probably does describe, you know, where we're coming from. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Mc, Romney, I mean. There was nothing for us in the yeah. in the Romney camp, uh, other than just straight up hatred of Obama and what he was doing to the country. Right. Um, but you know, you get to 2016, and they didn't think Donald Trump was going to be much. I mean, like they, they thought Hillary would yeah. be him easily. It and was then a they joke. Got surprised, mm-hmm. and you saw the stops get pulled out in 2020. Yep. You know, and of course, what they've done now is they've turned elections into ballot harvesting competitions more so yeah. than the attempts to persuade the public to a particular point of view. Correct. Which is another massive change that you wouldn't have thought was necessary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I completely agree with you. I can look back to when Obama took office and it was like you said that everybody thought, oh, man, we'll never have another race relation problem ever. Because we just elected a black president. That's right. And and yet the exact opposite happened. Yeah. Our race relations have gone down the toilet right. from day one of his first pres- first election. Right. Well, and it's even worse than that because they didn't stop at race, right? right. <laughs> They've basically destroyed the relationship between men and women. Yeah. Um, and if you go and you look at sort of the exit polling from like 2022, what you realize is you know, single women are D plus 37. Um, married women are R plus 14, right? Mm-hmm. So the entire project of the Obama Democrat Party is now to prevent people from getting married yeah. because they want the electoral advantage of having single women. And so it's nonstop abortion and it's oh, yeah. cultural messages are, you know, aimed at trying to make women as disagreeable as possible mm-hmm. uh, in the eyes of, like, men, right? And, I mean, you know, which is why all the action movies have a female lead who beats up guys twice her size. <laughs> exactly that, look, right. That's cultural propaganda. They're not doing that to trying to make money. All of those mm-hmm. movies are bombs. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to watch any of that stuff, and yet they continue to feed it, whether yeah. it's the Marvel movies or this last oh, yeah. Jones thing. I mean, like, it's across the board. You cannot even make a, a Sly Stallone movie anymore, hardly. No, and the last Marvel movie was a total bomb. The last Marvel movie with, uh, quote, you know, Captain Marvel in right. it was a yeah. complete yeah. bomb. Girl it, boss nobody, movie. Yeah, nobody, nobody went to see it. It was. It's a total just dog. Right. Right. And you know, and the thing of it is, is there's a very small group of people who decide what movies get made. Mm-hmm. Every one of them is an Obama Democrat. Okay. Yeah. Every one of these guys. And so I'm not saying like there's this cabal that decides the whole thing. It's just a bunch of like-minded people that are trying to change the world in what they yeah. think is a positive way, but it's not a positive way. No, Nobody wants not. it. And we no. get, you know, we're getting it force fed to us the same way as they're trying to force fed, feed EVs 
and you know, mm. and trying to make us eat bugs and all the rest of this. Stuff. <laughs> I know they think Outlaw. it's a great idea, and we're all yeah. like, "What? No, we're not doing that." Yeah, um, exactly. but that's an Obama thing because before he came along, okay, the Democrat Party was largely run by liberals who were yeah. people that you know, like we didn't agree with, but we knew they had more or less the same basic values that we did. They wanted the same social goods that we wanted. They just had a different way of delivering them. Obama comes along and there's none of that anymore. It's nope. it's an anti-American perspective. Yeah. Um, that, you know, the media prevented us from really vetting that and sussing it out before, you know, we had this guy inflicted on us. And mm-hmm. the people that tried to warn the country were largely canceled, which is, you know, something else back in 2007. Mm. Right. was a thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, the, the, the change in how the country works and how people are allowed to think about things has been profound and, yeah. you know, exceptionally, um, exceptionally negative in my view. And oh, I absolutely. A lot of folks. Um, and so, you know, look, this is the playbook. This is how they did it. Right. And uh, it's available at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Calamopress.com is the uh, is the website of, of my publisher. You actually can get the best price on the Internet at Calamopress.com. Um, so uh, check it out. I think I, I think uh, uh, it hopefully it'll be an influential book and get a lot of people thinking about, um, you know, about how we got where we are so that we can make some plans on how to get out of it. Yeah, we we definitely got to wake up some people. There's no doubt about it because people are kind of like sleepwalking through this. They don't even know what's going on. And, uh, you know, they just kind of think, I mean, let's take college kids age. A lot of them just think this is the way it's all always been. Correct. No, it's not the way it's always been. That's right. It is not the way it's always been. Yeah. And uh, it points, like you said, in your book, directly right back to Barack Obama from day one of his presidency. And yeah. Uh, you know, so yes, please, people, go get the book, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama by, it. this, by this man, Scott McKay. Go get the book, get educated, share it with some other people. And uh, we need to get this information in people's faces, man, and get it, get it out there in the public eye. I agree. Scott, I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much for being on We the People. And I know my uh, my listeners and watchers are gonna are gonna enjoy this tonight, and so I appreciate you and appreciate your book, and uh, you know for that's all we have for you tonight for me Rodney your host and for Scott McKay thank you for being on the We the People podcast tonight, and again go get that book Racism Revenge and Ruin it's all Obama, and uh, that's all we've got for you tonight so good night and as always God bless and God bless America. <laughs>